everybody. Welcome to the 2022, whatever that is, picking and putting first edition kickoff version. We got Liberty Bill up here. We got Deems May, uh, a UNC grad and an ex-NFL guy that I've come to know. We got him as our guest. We're going to talk all over the map about some stuff. Uh, we usually start out with a shout out. I got a couple shout outs, Bill. And if you got one, Deems, feel free to shout out something. I got, I got two. Baseball Hall of Fame writers, you're all idiots. You got to let those guys in. I think you got to let in, you know, Clemens, Bonds, Rose, Sosa, and just say it was the steroid era and get over it, or else you eliminate a whole generation. Why would you go to that damn building in New York? And the other one I wanted to shout out was Deems May the third. So his son's got a got a scholarship to Davidson Wildcats, which wear red, which might be a, a difficult color scheme for deems but i've had to wear florida state's maroon and gold or whatever the hell it is for my son so it's okay and he's also got uh, uh an offer from unc chapel hill so that's pretty cool so i'm um, shout out to him you guys got anybody you want to shout out to deems you got anybody you want to shout out about uh gene chiswick <clears throat> welcome back yeah there you go yeah that's good i'm i'm excited about that I'm excited he came back. Nothing like having another national championship coach on staff. Billy, you got anybody? Yeah, we'll have to ask about Gene Chizik. I was going to shout out Flyers defenseman Keith Yandel. So we're in this era of load management, you know, where guys are taking a lot of games off. He appeared in his 965th consecutive game on Tuesday night. In hockey. Which is in hockey, which is yeah. – I don't know how he pulled that off. So shout out to Keith Yandel. Yeah, especially in this era of uh, all this stuff with, uh, you know, the virus and all that stuff. That alone could have could have done. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got a, I got a little background on Deems, and then we'll take off. So all you folks out there, Deems and I have known each other. We go to all the football games. He's a lot younger than me at Chapel Hill, but uh, he was a player there in the, in the uh, early nineties. He was drafted in the seventh round, pick number 172 by the San Diego Chargers in 92. <laughs> and uh, he played eight seasons. He played, uh, I guess, four with them and four with Seattle. Is that right? I kind of like to call it nine, Doc, because I had five in San Diego. Okay. And then, and then four in Seattle because I made it all the way through training camp and all, four, all five preseason games before cut. Oh, so yeah, that counts. Is, I, I count that as a year. I yeah, hell that yeah, that counts. I get, well, yeah, because yeah, I had I had I had your stats here and I got I, now maybe I'm wrong on these, but it, they had 26 receptions, 238 yards. But I want to know about the TD. It said you had one TD. Where, tell me about the TD, man. <laughs> well, when you're when you drafted the block for nature on means, then, you know, you just don't catch a whole lot of passes. We did a lot of that in. I didn't catch any in Chapel Hill, and I didn't catch any anywhere else. But um, my lone TD was in Denver when it was a halfback pass from Ricky Waters, and I was with the Seahawks. That's awesome. In my cool. stadium. Yeah, but how cool is that, you know? Yeah, I forgot about the blocking. Who was, who was the head coach when you were at Chapel Hill? Yeah, I mean, Mac Brown. Was it Mac? I can't, yep. Well, he came – yeah, okay, he left in, what, 96? So or something like that. So I, I forget. So. so he came in 88. That was, and I was, was his first starting quarterback at his first game at Chap in Columbia, South Carolina and uh, played three, three or four games at quarterback. And then by the end of the 
a year I was on the kickoff return team. So I was, I, I was, I was, I was a tight end that, that following spring. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, yeah. Getting on the kickoff routine. Well, you were a beast. If I saw you coming at me on a kickoff, I'd die for cover. Now that was back when I was only 210 pounds though. So that's a lot different. Oh yeah. Well, then you could run fast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, tell us, tell us a little bit about, uh, well, I, well, going into this, what, what do you think about the state of the NFL right now? And then we'll get into college. That's a whole nother thing. But what do you think about the state of the NFL and how we go into this next weekend? Well, I, you know, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of that 17th game. Uh, I, I didn't like that. That's just come from a, a player's perspective. Um, if you're going to go to 17 games, go to two preseason games. Preseason games are just a waste of time. But these owners, <clears throat> these owners want that revenue. Right. They want that home gate. And I tell you, it's uh, that, that preseason just wastes a lot of fans' time and money. I think you can get really, really ready with two games in the preseason if you want to go to 17. I think if you're going to go to 17 games and put that much more money in the owner's pockets, they ought to give the, the players, you know, lifetime health insurance. But that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that is something that I was a big advocate for as, as a player rep in Seattle. But um, – you can't argue with the excitement of, of last weekend's games. Um, it's very – the league has changed so much. Uh, if you don't have a good quarterback like we see, you know, I'm, everybody's just so quarterback-centric right now. They're just great quarterbacks that, that, that seem to make it to the AFC and the <clears> – <throat> excuse me, NFC Championship game every year. And it also starts with mobile quarterbacks. And, and, uh, and you know, we're just struggling here in Charlotte without either right now, you know, right. we've got, we've got a, a bad offensive line and, and, and an immobile quarterback. And, and it just, it, it equates to where we are. So this game is so much being is so every, I mean, from every league, I mean, peewee through the pros, if, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're going to struggle, you know, and we were fortunate at Carolina that our quarterback carried us, you know, for three seasons. And, and, and even this year, he was the reason we probably won as many games as we did. But um, the NFL is qu very quarterback-centric. It's very offensive-oriented. They want to put a lot of points. They want a lot of people playing fantasy football. And the rules are tough on the defensive players. That's why you're seeing all these high-scoring games. Who's yeah. your favorite tight end to watch? I mean, in this area, you got Kelsey, Kittle, Gronk is still around, <laughs> Kyle Pitts coming up. It just feels yeah. like that position has really exploded. It, it really has, and and the really weird thing about it, Bill, is is um, you don't really hear these guys in college. You know, everybody's spreading it out. They're throwing it out. They're they're getting the ball out quick to the outside, and then next thing you know, once you get up to the NFL game, there's tight ends running down the middle catching touchdown passes. You know, right at the right time, everybody's paying yeah. cover two. You got to have a quarterback that can get down the a tight end that can get down the middle. I tell you, the probably my my most favorite to watch is Kittle because he gets after it in the run game. He really, really, really gets after it in the run game. Wow. Gronkowski doesn't – yeah, Gronkowski doesn't touch anybody. Kelsey doesn't touch <laughs> anybody. Uh, they just want to run routes. I, I don't – Pitts is not a tight end. He's just an, an outstanding athlete at slot this big. Kittle gets after it in the, in the run game, and, and that's kind of close to my heart because that's all I did. That's a, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye grad, so okay. those Iowa tight ends, they can block. you got to be able to do both there. Yeah, you do. And, and um, they put a lot of good players out on offensive line and, and tight ends. 
Yeah, I, I was, you know, when it when I was watching that this weekend, I mean, everybody goes back here with Cam Newton that the Panthers had. And in his prime, you know, he was just like the Buffalo kid, except except the hooker there is the Buffalo kid has got a, you know, he's got an arm just like the guy in uh, Kansas City. I mean, he he that was just unbelievable to watch. I what did you think about the last 13 seconds of that game? How, how, what would, what would you have done? I mean, my attitude was everybody's a, a money, money quarterback, but, but I didn't have a, I, I would have pooch kicked it somehow or on the ground, but then that guy might've run for 40 yards if you laid back nine guys off the line. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't, I, I don't pooch kick it. If, if you've, if you've got a chance to win the game with 13 seconds and you're, you shouldn't win it. Keep them then that's, that's on your coordinator and that's on your defensive coaches. Um, that, that, that was just, that was just something where, you know, everybody's a, hindsight's 20, 20, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback, but you kick it deep, you take the ball on 25 yard line. If you can't stop somebody in 13 seconds from getting it down to the 35, 38, your own damn fault. plus 30, that's your own fault. You take the loss and you go on home. No use in second guessing. Now, um, do you blitz? I, I don't think you blitz, but good gracious. I mean, you don't play so soft either. I, I know they had timeouts. Left, so the timeouts were the key. Yeah. If you got that many timeouts. You can't play that much cushion and they played way too much cushion and, and timeouts are just like the, the first downs in, in college football. Once you get the first down, the marker stops and pro that doesn't happen. So they play really soft and let keep everything in front of you. But if you got timeouts, that's, I mean, obviously we saw what happened, but again, it's, it's, it's an offensive centric game. Now the linebackers can't touch the guys going down the middle. They're called. There's more holding calls, more ticky tack pass interference grabs, you know? So these guys are kind of scared. Last thing they want to do is give up a penalty, you know? So they're really playing really soft and they played very soft on that last drive. Well, that's kind of like, so I already know your opinion about overtime then if you can't stop them when it, you know, just cause you lose a coin flip, you need to stop them. Or else. I like that. I like the new overtime rule. I, when I played, it was whoever scored first and whoever did win the, the coin toss, especially early in the season. If you if your defense was worn out, been on the field the whole time, and, and they got to go back out there, all you got to do is get down a field goal range. If you can't stop them from a touchdown, no, nah, I, I like the current rules. I, I, I do. I, I you, you start making sure both have, you know, possessions, and then, and then you're going to turn into, you know, you're going to have a lot more ties. You have a lot more injuries. You're going to have these games are long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the deal with the kickers anymore too, is these guys, you know, they're getting better and better and they, you know, they can kick it from 55 to 60. So, uh, right. but had, had they kicked a field goal, then the other team would have gotten possession for one possession. Correct. Right. Yeah. So right. yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I didn't have a problem with that either. Well, it is exciting to watch those guys. Well flip, you got any more questions about that bill? I was going to flip the switch a little bit on him. Oh yeah, we can. Uh, he mentioned Sam Howell earlier. I'm curious, Deans. What's the ideal situation for Sam to land in in the NFL? Would you like to see him sit a year? Is there a certain style of play or system that you think he would really excel in? That's a great question. I, um, you know, Sam's a cool cat. He's a cool customer. I, I think he can go in and play right away. <clears throat> Ideally, you want him to sit a year. You know where I think probably the the most ideal spot of the teams that I'm hearing the most for him would probably be Atlanta mm. one more year, you know, one year behind Matt Ryan probably has one left, maybe one, one and a half or two, depending on whether they're winning. 
a good guy, really good guy to learn behind, you know, and Matt Ryan is very extremely underrated. Um, oh yeah. I would, I would think, I would think that would be ideal. Um, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing Pittsburgh. I'm hearing Atlanta, Denver, mm-hmm. and Detroit. Detroit would be a disaster, but he would yeah. start day one. Um, Pittsburgh would be an ideal spot because everybody I've talked to, including, you know, Eric Ebron and, and, and guys. Coaching that, staff. It's just Mike Tomlin. It's just yeah. unbelievable to coach, play for. Coach, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think the pressure would not be that big there. Uh, the, the Where you want to go, you know, ideally, if the Panthers had any kind of offensive line, it would be a great spot because I think we're good enough on defense to keep you in ball games. Right. You know, you're not going to have to go out there and score 35 points to win. I think our defense here in Charlotte's good. Um, we just have zero offensive line. They probably the saw anytime you hear Tony Romo call somebody out. I mean, just blatantly say, I, I shouldn't say this. And that's what he said in the Tampa game the last game. He said, these guys don't block anybody. And I mean, do you want a quarterback going to a, a place where the, they're identified as don't block anybody? And they haven't blocked anybody in five or six years here at Carolina. And you can blame Cam Newton. You can blame Darnold. You can blame every quarterback that's played. But if you can't get time to throw the ball, you're not going to be any good. So, Ideally, I think for Sam, it would be, uh, I think, an Atlanta situation. You sit and learn a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, but if he has to go play right away, um, I, 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 I'd, I'd like to see him in Pittsburgh. I think that would be a nice spot. That would be a great spot. I, his skill set reminds me of Matthew Stafford. I don't know if he's as big. Um, I think he's around six. But I don't. Stafford may be bigger than I think he is. I don't know. But – but his his arm his arm talent and his accuracy and and you know that kind of stuff, um, I'd love to see that. I think the thing about the Carolina Panthers is I'm, I'm like you. I I hate to hear. I think they have seventh, and I'd rather see them get a left tackle. There are a couple of good ones. There's one at State, and there's one. Uh, yeah, the kid at State's from Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, and he's he he would probably be there. Um, and then they talk about the pit quarterback from Pitt, and you know you can bring in another quarterback. I'm like, you would just get killed uh, if they don't do their line first. But that you know, I heard I heard the kid from State may go in the top five. I don't know if he'll uh, be around. Yeah, yeah. Well, some have was... had him. Yeah, some have had him at one, two, and three. So um, the guy, the guys, he, obviously very good. The kid, Mississippi State, they got one. I think at left tackle too. So I, I'm with you. I think Darnold, if you're if you're on the hook for him for nineteen million and nineteen million is like nineteen dollars to us, you know, with Tepper, you know, it's just not that yeah. much money. But there is a salary cap there. Um, Darnold's serviceable. He's a, he, give him some time. I, I I'm not totally all the way going on him. I'm not going on any quarterback from the Panthers over the last four or five years behind the line they've had. And 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 I will stay. I will stick with that all the way through. No, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. I, you know, Bill and my own son were down on. They said, "Well, he would, you know, he fumbled in college. He threw interceptions in college, and usually that doesn't transfer. They don't suddenly become wonderful in in the pros." But my God, you know, you went to the Jets. It's like the kid. <laughs> it's like the kid in Jacksonville. I mean, I think he's. I think he's a generational talent, but he's got to get the hell out of there, or they've got a you know, put a lot of skilled players around him in a line, but you know, a lot of those guys get killed in the first year and he sure got killed. And then the coach gets blown up and that's a whole nother story, but 
you know, I don't, what do you think? What do you think? Bill and I were talking. What do you think about the, the part I have a problem with now? He was asking me about the Big Ten and the Big Ten East has, you know, the Big Ten West has never won in eight or nine years that they've had the split conference. Yeah, they're thinking about blowing up the divisions because whoever wins the East has automatically won the Big Ten championship. And you have Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan in the same division. What I, yeah, and what I was going to say was what I go with, what bothers me is the transfer portal now. It's virtually impossible. You, you basically always have to go recruit two or three quarterbacks and figure, okay, for example, if Drake steps in at Chapel Hill and becomes the quarterback of record, then, then anybody from the next couple of years is going to go, okay, well, I'm not going there or I'm transferring out. You know, in Ohio State and Alabama bring in a bunch of five stars and then they all leave because they're not, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow is an example um, going to LSU. So how do you – what do you think about the transfer portal, how it affects? I mean, I think it's been great in terms of recruiting for the guys who know how to recruit it, but then how do you keep the kids? You know, I – Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm not a fan of the transfer portal at all. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't think you can sit around and bitch about it either the whole time until they do make some make some changes. You, you better – you. It's kind of like NIL, like it or not, you better you better embrace it or you're going to get just dusted. And there's no way around it. So with the portal as as it is, I think that I don't like it selfishly because it's killed my son's class, the senior class this year. Yeah. The 22 high school kids where back before you could go out and take a guy that didn't have to sit out a year if he transferred, you know, most of them when you had transfers, they had to sit a year. So nobody transferred. Now everybody's, you know, trying to get to the NFL by year three, and now they can put, go go. They can be an NFL or a college free agent, but it's really killed this twenty-two class because where you would start going find a high school senior, bring him in, redshirt him, or play him if he's ready. Now these kids aren't even getting scholarships and they're not getting looks, and it's it's just a travesty that is happening that way, and and that's the real reason I don't like this portal. Let's go back in basketball to the baseball rule and let if a kid is good enough to go to the NBA, let him go. If not, yes. let him stay three. Right. Yeah. And well, ba kid, baseball does three, right? Baseball yeah. does three. Right. Let's mm. do that for basketball. And let's go back that if you want to transfer, that's fine. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. Right. You're sitting out a year, no matter what. And if you go to your own conference, you're sitting out two years and then you'll get back to having some continuity and some fun. And, and I don't know if that's ever going to happen right now. But um, that would be ideal, and because you would see the transfers cut out, unless it was somebody that just had a bad fit, that does not matter going and sitting a year and learning a system and learning a school and getting acclimated to a new coaching staff. But this in and out, jumping in and out, year in and year out, I mean, this kid from uh, – uh, this quarterback from Georgia, that, you know, I mean, this, this guy's going to be on his fourth team, you know, or <clears throat> third team. Oh, JT uh, Daniels? Yeah, Daniels. Yeah, I mean yeah. – and they just go where you want to go. And I get it. You know, he didn't, he got beat out and got beat out by a walk on. You're not going to stay at Athens if you got beat out by a walk on, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a five star guy. So, um, you know, but if he had, if he had to sit out a year coming in up, he wouldn't leave this year. He'd, he'd battle that walk on again, you know, and, and that's the competition everybody's looking for. But until they, until they change that rule, you better go out there and you better be ready to, to fill positions and you better be ready 
with NIL to lose a kid that's totally happy and totally playing. Mm. And he's going somewhere because he's going to make 50 grand or a hundred grand and his parents are bad off or his aunt and uncle or whomever raised him need the money right away. And they go somewhere and get offered a hundred grand to do five appearances at a, at a, at a furniture store. And it get, get, saves the house from coming you know, out of hock or whatever. I'm not blaming these kids for that, but that's the way it is now. And mm-hmm. you better be ready for it. Well, that's why that kid, the five-star from uh, Dallas that went to Ohio State, quarterback. And he went, and he went for a year because his NIL, they were paying him an NIL, NIL there of a quarter or a half a million dollars yeah. for car, car dealerships and stuff. And Texas wasn't allowing the NIL, NIL right away. And then he's a native Texan. And then that opened up and OSU's got a quarterback there at Ohio state now. So this kid's gone back to the university of Texas, which, Hey, you know, more power to him. And, and of course in Texas, you know, he's going to get the NIL money. So I, you know, I, I do feel, I, I hear you. I agree. I, I, I'm very sad, especially when I see like you're a young kid, like your kid come up and I'm going in football it's become one thing basketball. I just feel like it's totally ruined it because there are no butlers anymore. Uh, Davidson Davidson is Davidson college and that coach that's basketball. As far as I'm concerned, that guy's a great coach and he does it right. And the kids graduate, you know, they're not going to the NBA. Most of them. Um, I just have a hard, I just, I feel bad about college basketball because I think it's, until they, until they do what you said and say like baseball and you stay three years. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's how it's been for, you know, that's how it was for a long time before they, you know, even back when, you know, Moses Malone and, and, and I can't, you know, yeah. way before LeBron James, you know, the guys that were, that, that could skip, let them skip, you know, if they're ready, the NBA will know they're ready, you know, and, and, and if they're not, don't make them just go for one year. You know, if, if they're ready, if, don't make them go for one year and then have their eye on it. You know, they go to class twice in the fall semester and they're ineligible. But by the time you figure it out, their March Madness is over. Right. They don't have to go to one class in the spring. It's just it, it, it's not good. If they're good enough, let them go. If not, let's make them stay for three years. If they transfer, have them sit out a year. Then you get back to some some old school ACC basketball we used to like to watch. Yeah, well, because otherwise, the other thing that I thought of that way is that either that or uh, you have to, you have to, the schools have to go out of their way to allow a kid that goes out. Now, I think they do do that now, where they're allowed to go out and weigh their, weigh their chances. Their options, sure. Yeah, and then they yeah, go, well, make, you're, kid, you're going to make be, a more informed decision. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be drafted, especially the NBA now, because they don't even, the second round is pretty much like, okay, you might get to play, but probably not. Whereas the NFL used to be like, like you, Deems, you had a nine-year career and you were drafted in the seventh round. Well, now, unless you're Bill Belichick and you, you, you find that diamond in the rough, but you still get, you know, football, you still feel like there's a lot of talent in the lower rounds that, that you know, you just have to have great scouts. So speaking well, of that, our, our own uh, Mitch Kupchak has, has found more diamonds yeah. in the rough in the oh. second round for the Hornets. And I mean, he may be, I mean, his second rounders are, are panning out. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch too. And you're right though. It's um, those second rounders in the NBA are hit and miss a lot of times, but uh, you know, back when I played, when I got drafted, it was 12 rounds and, um, 
and now they're down to seven. And, you know, it's, it's, they've, they've honed in the, the, the draft, you know, the talent pool and, and, and they know so much now, but they still miss on some, you know, and, and there, there's some right around that. You rarely see them miss on those top eight to 10, but you get, you get 13 to, to 30, they'll, they'll miss on some in there sometimes too. Where do they, oh, well, the answer, first thing you said, yeah, Mitch has done a hell of a job. This is a great job. It's it, this yeah. team's, you know, what are they? Six games above 500. Well, they lost last night, but six games mm-hmm. above 500 or whatever. So, you know, that, that makes it, and, and this city will embrace them. This, sure you know, they've got a star now with LaMelo. So yeah, that place has been packed all year. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I did want to ask before we let teams go about Gene Chiswick. It seems to me it might be time to kind of simplify the defensive approach, especially in light of the athletes and the caliber of players that are yeah. there. Just just kind of put them in a position to just make plays and not be thinking as much. Is that kind of the thought there? Uh, that's def- def- definitely the thought. Um, you know, Jay Jay did a nice job. Jay but Jay had an army scheme, you know, and, and we don't have we don't have cadets out there. And, and we've got enough players right now, uh, good players, that, that we can be very simple. And a lot of people don't like simple, but, but I like simple. Um, if You can be creative and still be simple. But um, the thing that I'm really looking forward to that we didn't have is, 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 is you're going to have a game plan that on first and 10, you're going to have two to three possibilities of, of what your defense is going to be. Second and, and long, second and medium, second and short, you're going to have one or two possibilities. Third and long, third and medium, you're going to have one or two possibilities. And on fourth down and short, fourth down, you know, five and below, you got one, one, one defense. So you're going to go with Gene into a game plan where all the kids have to do is know first, first and 10, I've got these two choices we're going to be in. You know, second and short, second and medium, second and long, I've got two choices. You got about ten to twelve plays that you're going to have to know, and that's it. Now, surely you can throw a blitz in. The linebackers going to have a little bit more thinking to do, but our defensive linemen are going to know what gap they're going to be in. They're going to know what gap they have. They're going to know where they have contained, and they're going to be able to to line up, look in at the ball, and get off on the ball without thinking and and just reacting. And the depth and, and solid athletes that we're building on the defensive side, you know, I equate it to to that coach that that that. Uh, you know that you don't want to do too much just just get the bus to the damn stadium you know just get the bus there and get out of the way and let them go and, and let them play and don't make them think and and i think that's what gene will bring well and, and i mean all you got to do is look at the oc and dc from clemson to see what an effect that that defensive coordinator had for 10 years i mean I, uh, you know plus they recruited great talent no question but yeah, but now North Carolina is out recruiting Clemson. I think this year will be the oh, first I, year. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody deems has an inside track on that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I is that sustainable? Do you think that's sustainable to beat Clemson every year in recruiting? Well, if we win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's I think our staff's the best recruiting staff. Probably it's top five in the country. It's number one in ACC if you, if you really look at it. I'm talking about from a recruiting talent standpoint, and 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 I know Dabo's done a great job down there closing, but there's no better closer than than Coach Brown, 
and we've got a lot of young dynamic recruiters that, that really get after that, that have embraced social media, have embraced the Jordan brand, know how to handle it. And, and, and that, that momentum's good. Now, once we, once we get them here, we got to have them playing, we got to develop them. Um, and, 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 and we've got to have better results than we had last year. But if you're going to give me the choice between having a staff that's tilted more talent wise in the recruiting aspect or more talented wise, in the development of talent aspect, I'm going. I'm going with players every time. I'm going with athletes. I'm going with guys that that like that stuff you can't teach, and you can't teach a guy's vertical. You can't teach a guy who's forty time. I mean, you can help enhance it through strength and conditioning, but you can't teach a six seven, three hundred pounder coming out of high school that that runs sub five flat. You know, give me that instead of giving me, you know, a, a, a an a, a undersized kid that's going to overachieve. And, and, and I'll take that any day. And, and I think that's what we have right now. I think we have to, to, to hone it, simplify them, and, and let them go. Well, it's great to have Dre Bly and uh, I guess Kevin Donnelly's on staff too, isn't he? So the kid's got ex-NFL talent that they can look up to. I mean, Dre obviously recruits the state of Virginia like a madman. So uh, I go back. I'm trying to remember the kid who played both, both ways in basketball and football. Curry? Yeah, Curry. He was yeah. the first great one that I remember that we got. That's been a while. So you well, know, Peppers yeah. was pretty good in both too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, Bill's a native of Chicago, so he knows all about uh, Mr. Peppers. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Nobody could block a field goal like Julius Peppers. Oh man, you had to see him do. He was the greatest. He was like Daryl Dawkins with a thunder dunk in basketball. So. <laughs> Well, Deans, we enjoyed having you. We'll let you go. I, I got, I always finish up with a quote. So this is now I found this and this was kind of from Woody Durham and uh, in respect to Woody, who's been gone about, I guess, four or five years, but uh, he became a close friend because I did stuff with him with the children's hospital and the Ronald McDonald house. Anyways, um, his middle name, did you know this? You know what his middle name was, Deems? No, I had no idea lombardi huh oh wow but he was born in 41 so it couldn't have anything to do with Vince. <laughs> but when i first read it, i go oh man he's named after Vince." i go no nah, no that couldn't be but anyways so the quote from the quote from woody was always and you probably heard this one was go where you go and do what you do <laughs> i i can remember him saying that i thought that was a great quote well anyways deans we we enjoyed having you uh Good luck to your son. If Thank he you. ends if he ends up wearing blue, I'm excited about it. If he ends up wearing red, that's his choice. I, I had a good friend whose son had an option like that. And I said, well, you know, from a family like yours, that may be a hard choice for him because he's always he's always bled blue. But uh, you know, we'll see what he does. It's I appreciate it's, it. It's his trip, his dream, his life. So he'll it'll be cool. I'll I'll look forward to following along. I'll look forward to seeing you on the golf course if we ever get back out there. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Steve. Take care. See you hey, Alrighty. see you, Billy. Later, man.